another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. This is what I came for. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move? Where would I go? Quiet! Here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone and this is episode 50 of the podcast. I'm your host, Philip Mitchell, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And yeah, I mean, this is the big thing with with this episode. This is the 50th episode of Trial by Stone. Um, I must admit, when you know, when I first started the podcast, um, I, I didn't really imagine that I would actually get past uh, uh, 50. So I was just, uh, you know, just so um, happy to have, you know, made it this far. And, you know, as as of now, that there's going to be so much Dark Crystal to look forward to. So that, of course, there's going to be lots of new episodes to come in the near future for Trial by Stone, but also with those other podcasts that I'm working on with with uh, the Dark Crystal Minute, which I co-host with uh, Jamie, and of course, the Gathering Songs, which is a discussion roundtable show about the Dark Crystal. So if you've been listening to the show since the very beginning, thank you so much. And even if you're just listening to this episode for the first time, uh, I want to say thank you for, you know, tuning in and, you know, staying with us as, yeah, lots to look forward to. And also, I just want to say thanks to everyone who has supported the the podcast from the very start. And, you know, there was so many people who have um, helped contribute with the podcast, uh, whether it's through our roundtable shows and and to, to Jamie, who's been um, a fantastic supporter of the podcast and um, who's actually who's been co-hosting the Dark Crystal Minute with myself. So we've been having a great time going through each minute by minute of the Dark Crystal. And I mean, you know, there's so many people, I mean, especially to, to Bland uh, Garrett, who uh, uh, co-hosted uh, the podcast with me in the past um, during a time where, you know, there wasn't much um, Dark Crystal stuff happening. So there'd be a lot, uh, a lot of episodes where we're chatting about the, about the Funko Pops and the San Diego Comic Cons and, and, um, and, and, and of course, like all those roundtable shows as we did discussions about the Dark Crystal creation myths and uh, the Galfling Gathering and, of course, the Shadows of the Dark Crystal so I just want to say a big thanks to Bland for being um a, yeah a part of the the podcast, uh, which is very very awesome. You know, on this episode, I mean, we're just doing. I know usually we do an interview show where I interview someone, uh, but I thought I'd pause it for this episode uh, because we wanted to celebrate. You know, having fifty episodes of the podcast, and I thought I'd just you know just chat about with how it all sort of started. It all started when I was sort of, you know, been thinking about doing a podcast in general. And I, and at the time, I was thinking about doing a Star Wars podcast. But then I sort of realized, well, there is a lot of podcasts out there that do about Star Wars. So I was sort of okay about, I wanted to do something that was a bit different and it's a bit fun. And at the time, I was sort of uh, thinking a lot about the Dark Crystal because it was around the time that they announced the winner of the DarkCrystal.com author quest, uh, Jamie Lee, who won the author quest. And I just thought, well, you know, that would be sort of an interesting topic uh, with, with The Dark Crystal. I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite films um, of mine. And I thought, well, you know, I looked on iTunes and I saw that, you know, no one 
you know, there'd been episodes of people chatting about that, the Dark Crystal, but not an actual podcast dedicated to it. So I thought, oh, you know, I'm actually uh, give this a go. Um, you know, I wanted to, my main aim was just to do 12 episodes to start off with and just see what went from there. I mean, it's just been a fantastic journey so far. And, um, and I mean, a big, you know, a big part of it is, you know, to do with, um, with the author, J.M. Lee, who, um, who, you know, was cool about being on the very first episode of the podcast to chat about the Dark Crystal and the author quest contest and how he, you know, went about with, um, with his entry, which was very cool. And that's sort of what started this whole uh, podcast through J.M. Lee. So, which was, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just couldn't imagine right now that, um, you know, if I told myself, you know, three years ago, oh, don't worry, Phil, there'll be lots of Dark Crystal content, you know, there's going to be this TV show, this Age of Resistance. Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't not have believed that. So, you know, it's just um, so great. And, um, and of course, with the podcast, we've got so many more episodes to come. I've done a lot of interviews uh, that are sort of, that I've been holding out for a while, that are going to come out very soon. And that's the thing that I want to talk about is that uh, in April, um, I will plan to probably release a lot more episodes of Trial by Stone um, because I've recorded quite a few in- interviews and I've sort of got them on the back burner to the point where I'm just like, I could probably release um, most of these interviews in April. What I'm actually going to do in April is release a show week. So in future episodes, I've got um, interviews with uh, Johnny Fraser Allen as well as Alessio Cavatori, who have worked on the Dark Crystal board game. Uh, so I've got two episodes dedicated to the Dark Crystal board game, and as well as I've got uh, Laszlo, who is one of the big Dark Crystal fans, who moderates the the Dreamfast and the Dark Crystal Experience um, Facebook group, uh, which, again, this, that is a fantastic Facebook page to check out if you want to check in the discussions of all things Dark Crystal. Um, so that will be coming up, uh, getting in contact with, um, getting, being in touch with Philip Kennedy Johnson. Uh, I know I had him on the show a couple of, uh, episodes ago to chat about the power of the dark crystal, but now that the comic has finally come out, the whole story is sort of all, uh, completed that I thought it would be great to actually get him back on the show and, um, ask him just so many questions that I think myself, but also the fans, you know, with you guys that you probably um have in mind um i already got a bunch of questions already lined up um so but i think it'll be kind of cool to be able to chat to him about power of the dark crystal now that it's all completed yeah so and and in return like i mean what i'd like to ask because i have um a patreon account uh for the dark crystal podcast with trial by stone and oh you know i I, you know if you can have a chance to check it out it's at patreon.com forward slash dark crystal podcast and if you pledge just a one dollar a month you'll get access to all our uh, episodes of of all the shows through the trial by stone the dark crystal podcast network and um and you'll actually get early access to these episodes so you'll get them you'll get them before they're out on the apple podcast on stitcher on podbean on all those other uh platforms um so if you uh, a pledge with on Patreon, you'll get early access to those shows. So, I mean, for example, you know, once, um, um, you know, if you pledge your support, um, you'll probably get all of April's episodes, you know, way in advance, you know, compared to everyone else. So, I, I hope that you can become um, a part of 
the you know part of the patreon part of that community for trial by stone as you know there is going to be a lot of episodes to come you know that are sort of you know i'm in the planning stages especially with the gathering songs right now i've been you know planning recordings for um for song of the dark crystal and you know not only we'll have that but we're also going to chat about you know down the track with power the dark crystal and of course with age of resistance when when that show comes out um, so if you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Dark Crystal Podcast, uh, that'd be fantastic. And, and of course, um, you know, I'll definitely be chatting to Jamie, Jamie Prater, uh, who, I, who, who actually went to the Fathom event screening, uh, for the Dark Crystal in 4k. So I'll be chatting to him about that, uh, very shortly as well as we chat about the 4k, uh, release as well. And which was uh, very cool to have him on the show. So we'll, we'll get to him very shortly. Um, but first of all, I know there has been all, so much stuff that's been happening in Dark Crystal. Um, I think one of the main big things that sort of happened was the Dark Crystal uh, Designer Creature Contest uh, for the Age of Resistance, which was recently announced. And so they this was a contest where people can submit their creature designs um, for a chance for that creature being on the show. And so the winner uh, was Yukari Masuki, who uh, who won the contest for his design of Mug, which, I mean, you can check that the design on darkcrystal.com. Um, it should be on the front page where you can click on information about the design contest. And, um, yeah, he won for his... Um, for his creature, which, you know, looks fantastic. So he describes it as a cowardly personality. Um, the Moog will shrink eyes when surprised and retract head to the shell. It is laying eggs and breastfeeding to children. They swarm while pushing away fallen leaves and bushes and catch insects that jump out and eat them. And that was so cool. And I mean, there was a bit of a quote as well from Brian, Wendy and Toby Froud, who states, what an amazing outpouring of creativity and imagination. There were wonderful characters and creations. It was very hard to choose. Hundreds of fans from all over the world presented the most incredible designs for creatures that could live in the world of the Dark Crystal. As we looked at each entry, and we really did look at each entry, we were so moved by the effort and care that went into these submissions. We were especially delighted by the many entries from younger artists. These designs were so inventive and had the right spirit for the Dark Crystal, so we have specifically called out some of our favourites. Our overall winner was Moog by Yukari Masuki. Moog beautifully fits with the creatures of Thra and we are excited to see how Jim Henson's Creature Shop will realise this design as an interesting puppet. It is such a thrilling time for the legacy of the Dark Crystal. We judged this contest while deep in production on the Netflix series and it has been wonderful to see the outpouring from artists who have been inspired by the world of Thra. As we continue to work on this series, and welcome Moog, we are inspired by your enthusiasm and creativity. Thank you. And um, yeah, of course, they did had um, honorable mentions uh, from uh, Jana Matia, Jessica Emmett, uh, Watao Nakashima, as well as honorable mentions from um, the youth submissions, uh, Marcus Wenski, Alana Rose Katz, and Julia Elves de Oliveria. Sorry, I, I hope I got all these names pronounced right. 
Um, but yeah, no, definitely check out those designs. They're on darkcrystal.com. And um, yeah, I mean, I just really hope that they will do uh, many more uh, contests to uh, come, um, which, you know, they're always good fun uh, to watch and to see and, you know, just to see what happens. And also speaking about the frouds, we will actually have James uh, Reedy on the show who actually attended a fairy fair that happened a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he'll be chatting about his experience on meeting Brian, Wendy and Toby Froud. Also, we got some updates on the Dark Crystal Age Resistance as well. So definitely stay tuned for that. All right, so without further ado, let's go and chat to Jamie about the Fathom event screening of the Dark Crystal in 4K and chat about the 4K Ultra HD release as well. So I just want to say, Jamie, uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, uh, coming back on this episode of uh, Trial by Stone. Absolutely. It's quite a pleasure, my friend. Uh, yeah, again, it's uh, it's always great to be on your show. I love the show. Um, I Yeah, I was able to see The Dark Crystal recently, as you know. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, and that's what I sort of thought about um, with this uh, particular episode. With, you know, you know, that I've actually reached episode, you know, the fiftieth episode, which is sort of yeah, I was sort of surprised that you know sort of made it this far, and um, it's just it's just been you know a great experience that it's been uh, for the podcast so far. So I'm excited for what the future brings with Dark Crystal, and um, yeah, there'll just be so many more shows to come, uh, not only with the Trial by Stone. But like as a network as a whole with all these podcasts that have been doing every month, which is very cool. But yeah, I mean, that was the thing to th- today that I wanted to chat about. Um, really, the, the 4K release of The Dark Crystal, which just uh, recently came out. And it's just very exciting that, you know, to see The Dark Crystal in this new um, format. And unfortunately, like for myself, you know, being from Australia, I was unable to <laughs> to be able to see it on the big screen. The, the, you know, there wasn't any screenings happening down under, you know, which I was sort of bummed about, but I'm sort of glad that at least, you know, um, it actually came out on the 4K Ultra HD. The release date was pretty close to, to, you know, when you guys got your hands on it, so which was great. I actually wanted to know, Jamie, about your experiences, um, you know, seeing it on the big screen with the Fathom events. Yeah, so actually I didn't, I know you and I were talking earlier or, you know, a couple weeks back and I didn't think I'd be able to see it because I was going to be out of town. And then uh, I was in San Francisco uh, last week sometime for about four days. And my friend Dan was like, hey, should we, let's go see the Dark Crystal on the big screen. I'm like, OK, let's go. Um, so he bought tickets and we went and it was almost a full house of people. It was really interesting. I didn't expect to. I didn't expect it to be that many people there, but it was full. It was just a really great experience. You know, I'd only seen the the Dark Crystal on the big screen one other time, and that was at the Egyptian Theater um, with Cheryl Henson, I believe, and Toby Froud and some of the people who were working on Age of Resistance. Um, and actually... Yeah, and that, that was like in, in 70 mil, I think I remember. I think you saw it in... Was it in 70 mil? Because I know this one... Yes, was, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and yeah, uh, to be honest, that screening that I went to with Cheryl Henson and them, I was a little disappointed with the, the quality of the of the print. Mm. Um, it just seemed scratchy and dusty, and just I don't know, just didn't seem that great. Yeah. But with this Fathom event, it was 
amazing and crystal clear. And again, it just felt like watching it for the first time again. And uh, um, just hearing people reacting in the crowd to certain scenes. And then there are certain scenes in the film where people, things happen and people are like, you hear this like people's breath taken away. Like, oh, like how did they do that? You know? Um, and then when Fizzgig does this thing, everybody's laughing. Um, and it was really wonderful to see, you know, it's really great to be a part of, uh, a, an audience like that, that's able to see the film and it really, it's aged again, it's aged really, really well. It doesn't feel dated. Um, it was a joy. I saw it, I think there was three different days, but they weren't sequential days. And I saw it on the last day, which was the, tw the 28th, I believe. Of Feb yeah. Of February. Oh, okay, cool. Because, yeah, because I know, like, um, I think they actually did, I know there was some screenings that they had, like, in in March as well. Um, so I know originally it was, like, a two-day event, and then it actually got extended to, they had another two days in, in I think it was, like, the 3rd and 6th of March, um, which was really cool, you know, when I was, like, seeing all these little updates um, about it. And and so did you, like, um, uh, you know, see the sort of the little presentations that they um, had before the movie? Like, I know there was that um, Lisa Henson um, featurette, um, I think that was screened before the film. Just curious if you if you got a chance to, to see that um, with the Fathom events. I did. Uh, I did. I was able to see, we got in, of course, right on time, and um, I had my handful of Twizzlers, like I like to have yeah. when I go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. I always like licorice when I go to the movies, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, and it was really great to see the um, the featurette, I suppose, with Lisa, um, just because she talks a lot about her father, and really, I don't think people understand, I mean, maybe, I think you and I understand, and I think a lot of Dark Crystal fans understand, but how big of a project the dark crystal was for jim henson um and how much of a labor of love it was and how it was unprecedented and i know he went on to do labyrinth but he views the dark crystal as his masterpiece um and lisa talks and i think you might have seen clips or maybe the whole thing of the featurette featuring lisa henson and of course she talks about that and just the magic of movie making and how it was made and um it was great to see that in the theater, talking to the audience, essentially, about why it's so important, why these, this film is important, and all the love and the care that went into um, building it. Yeah, and that special feature, it is actually on the uh, the 4K Ultra HD, I think on the, on the Blu-ray as well, um, that special feature, which I believe is called The, the Magic Myth um, of uh, Jim Henson. So... Yeah, yeah. So no, which was very cool, and um, I'm just trying to think, um, like what else? And and yeah, so I did actually get my hands on the the 4K Ultra HD, and um, I actually did 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 get to watch it. Um, you know, got it all set up with the 4K TV and um, and and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, the film looks um really really great, and um, like I know, the, uh, I think Brian Henson, um, he was actually involved in doing the restoration um with the film and um yeah it, it it just looks really great on you know on the big screen like on in the 4k um you know with the hdr it's sort of um you know so lifelike in a way you know sort of again losing that suspension of disbelief you know falling you know to that world of of the dark crystal 
And um, and and probably the most interesting thing, I guess, with, with the film is um, that uh, they they really went back to not only restore it, but sort of um, actually did quite a bit of you know color correcting uh, with the film. So I know I think I posted on the um, the Trial by Stone Facebook page, but I thought I just did like a comparison um, between you know the original Blu-ray and sort of the new Blu-ray. Like, for example, like, yeah, with the nighttime scene that, um, like, it's actually, I think they um, sort of, you know, color graded that scene to make it more nighttime-y, you know, with the blue sort of moon light, you know, on their faces and all that kind of stuff. What I really know, one of the things that really stood out to me, and again, as I watch this film, which you and I have seen over and over and over and over and over, and I'm always listening to the soundtrack, and we know, we know this film is well, as we know, I mean, this film is like a family member to us, really. Yes, yeah. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me, one specific scene, and I just wanted to talk about it briefly, is the scene where Jen and Kira are in the boat, and she's singing. And this scene is probably one of the most magical scenes that I have ever seen in my life. And you have these wonderful lifelike puppets um, in this boat, and they cut to these wide shots of these puppets in this boat. And it looks like the boat is just drifting off in the water. And I don't know how they did that. I yeah. don't know how they did that. Like, I don't, do you, do you know how they do that? I don't know. I mean, and we've seen close-up scenes where there's a close-up of Jen or Kira or Fizzgig in the boat. And then you, we've seen the photos where you see the crew kind of off to the side, running the puppets or doing whatever they're doing. And that, okay, of course that makes sense, but it's the long shots that does, uh, and then they, that lake, I think they filmed some of it on a lake or a pond in England. And then some of it was on a, a soundstage. Um, and all of the, the, the plants and everything and animals by the water. And then, of course, they see the crystal bat and the crystal bat falls into the water and then it rises up and it sees them. And that entire sequence is... Oh my God! It's everything. Yeah. It's uh, it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And of course, Kira is singing, but it is absolutely flawless. You don't see wires. You don't see anything. These creatures are moving by themselves off on a lake in this really wide shot. Yeah, and I'm actually just like it's uh, I incredible. Just, yeah, I'm just watching it now on the um, you know, with the Blu-ray uh, version of the film, and um, yeah, it's just it's just so awesome, and yeah. I feel like there's still a lot of mysteries about how they did certain um, shots and scenes, like, because, yeah, I'm just trying, yeah, yeah, because I'm just like, you know, I'm going to bring was, it up right was, now just was to see. Jim, like, was Jim, was the puppeteers under water to perform that? Or, um, I mean, it could be just, you know, the remote controls, because I know they, you know, they had a lot of, you know, that technology, because, yeah, they, they really, yeah, they really used, like, a little bit of everything, Um and like for me, I and I just love Fizz Gig. I just love watching him. Um, you know, it's just when he's like, I think the first couple of shots, he just looks so bored. He's just like, Ugh. I just want to. Can we move on? Can we? You know. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And you know, uh, in that same, uh, well, in a similar scene, and not a similar scene, but another scene featuring Jen and Kira, and I, as you know, it's my favorite scene in the film. Um, but it's still, again, in widescreen or in 4K, you know, when they when they jump off the cliff and her wings open up and they're floating down to the to the to the bottom of the ravine, and they go to a wide shot 
They go to a wide yeah. shot and her head is moving. How did they do that? How did they do it? I know. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know, but I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I don't see any composition or... Because um, it does look like that they did, you know, film it. Um, you know, that part on location. And it's, it's just such a great... It's just such a great film. <laughs> it is. Just, just it, watch, it, just it's watch, just watch, yeah. It's one of those things that are like with computer animation, we know how they do it. They're sitting at a computer and they're animating frame by frame and they're texturing and they're adding this and they're comping this and they're moving this and they're doing that. That's great. That's all really great. Um, with the Dark Crystal and films that use practical effects, we have no idea what they did. I mean, some of the stuff, okay, there's scenes where Jen is walking near Agra's and you can see the top of Jim's head for a minute. So, of course, Jim is puppeting Jen and we get it, okay? And we see those really strange, like, sea and enemy type things move and they're probably on wires and there's probably puppeteers behind them. And, of course, okay, we understand. There are so many other scenes in this film where I have no idea how they achieved that magic. None. And that is, to me, the glory and the beauty of practical effects, because we know how computer effects are made. They're fairly rudimentary. I mean, even though they're very labor intensive and they take a lot of talented people to create them, we understand how that works. I do not understand how they've made things work for the Dark Crystal. I mean, you're talking 35 years later and we're like, my jaw is still on the floor. Um, and this film continues to... Um, cast a spell on me that I only you can probably understand yeah totally and um yeah so like I mean yeah it was just um it was awesome and I'm just you know glad that you know with the Jim Henson company and and I think Sony Pictures as well um uh that they really went went ahead with uh you know restoring the film um and really you know cleaning it up and I think pretty much doing i mean they they pretty much i think they did this as well with labyrinth and actually labyrinth looks um uh pretty good in 4k as well you know for for these films that are like 35 plus you know years old um that these restorations are you know they still they they did a pretty damn good job and it's just so great that you know um we'll have you know you know uh people you know discovering the dark crystal um for the first time, be able to, to, to watch in this new format um, and much higher quality and just, you know, more detailed um, as well. Uh, so, which, which is very cool. I think, you know, my, my only thoughts about with the 4k release, like besides the, you know, the movie itself, you know, looks, you know, still holds up really well and looks uh, fantastic. Um, probably the only downside is just uh, the lack of special features um, pretty much. Like I know there was that, you know, the one, they only um, produced that one special feature uh, with Lisa Henson and the Brian Froud um, feature. And that, I really enjoyed that. Um, but I'm just like, I just wish they did a couple more things. <laughs> um, but that's just me, you know, I just love the special features um, when they come on a new format and stuff. So, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for what the future brings, you know, with Age of Resistance. And, um, yeah, so I'll just wrap it up. And I just want to say, Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to uh, future discussions. Also, I just wanted to let the listeners know, and maybe people who are new to this podcast, um, The Dark Crystal is a film that should not have been made. It is a miracle. And I will always say that. It is a miracle of a film 
um, even today in 2018, with all of the all of the technology that we have, there is nothing like the Dark Crystal. Go and see it, rent it, buy it, whatever. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. And that was my chat with Jamie Prater. Just want to say, Jamie, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show once again. And, you know, as always, if you want to hear more from him and myself as well, you can check out the Dark Crystal Minute, uh, which we always uh, post an episode once a month. And, um, yeah, we're just very excited to uh, continue making uh, those shows. And we always have fun um, looking at the details of sort of the creatures and um, that occurs in each minute uh, within the film, The Dark Crystal. Now we might as well go to our next guest, uh, James Reedy, who uh, who I mentioned early in the show attended Fairy Fair. Um, that happened a couple of weeks ago, and um, he actually got the chance to meet with the Frouds and actually got to to chat to them as well. And um, and and uh, and because of that, um, when I heard about that he was going to this event, I got in contact with him and said, "Hey, you know, you want to be on the podcast, you know, to to chat about this event." And he was all. Um, up for it so I think it's going to be really interesting to chat to him um, about um, about that particular event and I think he and he mentioned to me um, that there are sort of a couple little uh, things about the Dark Crystal Age Resistance that occurred or just the updates uh, with that Netflix series so without further ado we'll go and chat to James Reedy right now So on this episode, we got James Reedy on the show, and and we're going to chat about you know a little bit about the Dark Crystal, and also about the uh, the event that um that he attended, um that the the Frowns were there with Brian, Wendy, and Toby, um and we you know we and sort of got some little bit of information about the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which is you know very exciting to see this sort of show. Um, happening at least getting some little you know little developments and seeing what's been happening um so i just wanted to say james uh thank you so much for being on the show that's all right thank you for having me on that's great i'm to be honest i'm 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 really excited about talking about the event part because for like the last week i've not been i've not said anything <laughs> and it's yeah. sort of like it's just been like so, i've been like holding it back just like oh, just wait till we talk to philip but then we can we can yeah. get out <laughs> Yeah, no, because because I, I remember like I think we were trying to um, when it, when I heard about that you were going to be um, at this event and I think I I think I messaged you from Dreamfast and say hey you know it'd be awesome to have you on the show to sort of chat about this event yeah um, just you know with the frowns being there and um, and whatnot um, and just um, it was just so cool um, that you're yeah that you keen to you know chat about all this on the show so I, yeah really appreciate um, your time. Um, as I mean, you know, and, and sort of holding back as well. Cause I remember like when we message on, on Facebook and, uh, you know, I sort of wanted to know just a little bit of something, a little bit here and you're like, Oh yeah, no, just yeah. wait, wait. So, yeah, um, yeah. no, but I think I, that sort of, you know, brings a surprise, you know, for, for me to sort of discover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, just a, a small point, like I don't know about a lot of fans, but when they announced it, I was very sort of. I didn't sort of fanboy out. I kind of, I was excited, but I sort of like, I didn't want to, like, like a lot of times when, when companies go back to something that they've created years ago, you sort of, you want to recreate 
that feeling that you had when you had a kid, like that nostalgia. And to be honest, after I came out of the event, I, I, I'd totally gone back. Like, they was just brilliant, really. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about the content and how we go, how they're going to go forward and everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, just when they announced it, um, yeah, that was really um, out of nowhere um, that, you know, it wasn't something that, you know, any of the fans had heard no, rumors or anything. It's, it was such a like, big surprise. Drop, yeah. It's like, a, like drop the bomb. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that, that, that is cool. And, um, I'm just trying to think, yeah. So I guess, you know, you know, for you, you know, this is your first time on being the show. So I guess I might as well ask you, like, how did you, um, discover the dark crystal? Okay. So, um, I was about six years old. So I used to, my dad's in the, my dad was in the RAF and, uh, at the time he used to live in Germany and uh, when uh, my dad used to go do his uh, banking, he used to have to go on base. And there was this little VHS shop. And in the window was this really old poster that just said the Dark Crystal. And it was the one where it's that, you know, that multicolored uh, poster where it's like it's got Augra, a mystic. I think it's got the Ritual Master uh, and then Jen and Kira. And... Um, and uh, I remember seeing it and just thinking, oh, my God, that looks so cool. I, want, I really want to see that. So I used to go in this VHS shop and used to have all different videos, old, like old school movies, like you know, like old Ray Harryhausen and stuff like that. And uh, I kept asking my dad, oh, I want to watch this one, this one, The Dark Crystal. And he, he'd always, no, no, we're not watching that. And then eventually he said yes. And uh, it's funny because I... I as a kid, the only only thing I remember of it as a child is sitting on this sofa with my mum and dad, and I don't remember the the opening, but I remember the only I remember being shocked not from the skepsis, but the fact that Jen wasn't human. So like okay, I remember, yeah, yeah. So I remember him like running up the the little um in the valley. And then as he enters the cave, I remember just thinking, oh, yeah, oh, he's a little boy. And then he looks up at the camera and just being like, oh, my God, he's not human. Like, what, what, yeah. am, I, what <laughs> am I watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. from then on, and then for years later, I didn't, I, I, I didn't have, I didn't actually own it on VHS. And then I remember walking into like HMV and there it was on the, on the, as a DVD. I think it was the, it might, it was the, I can't remember what release it was, the one where, you got a film cell, and then they did like um, uh, like Jim Henson's notes, like a photocopy of his notes in with it. Yeah, um, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it yeah. might have been like the twenty fifth anniversary or something, or twentieth anniversary. But yeah, and then I remember, and then I've, I watched it on DVD. And I've just ever since then, it's just like hooked. Like it's like it's like one of those movies. Like if I'm ill or I feel rough or I just oh, I'll just watch Dark Crystal. Like it's just pure, pure escapism. It it really is, yeah. It's just a film like unlike anything, and I mean, uh, yeah. I was just trying to think for me. I mean, like I grew up with the film watching on VHS, and which which I believe was probably a, a copy of the film that you know that was recorded off the TV. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and so because I remember like because for me like the introduction 
like comes to my memory a lot with the VHS because uh, at the start of the film they had those um they used to have those um borders um like the widescreen because it was yeah, the yeah, start of the yeah, film you to get those borders yeah on the top and the bottom yeah yeah yeah, yeah I remember wasn't it like a, wasn't it like a tri- wasn't it like a tribal a tribal um like band on the top and the bottom it's like almost like yeah, two I've... two lines interwoven or something yeah, it was like that. Yeah, I think it was a very like frowdy and sort of, um, you know, sort of borders. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah, too yeah, sure definitely. if Froud actually did those. I think he did. Um, but yeah, that that's for me was like for me with you know watching on VHS was just that, and also for me like with Olga's Observatory when, um, when the cave opens up and you know and you see the observatory for the first time just because. Beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean because back in those days it's like. Um, that room, that cave was so dark, like he couldn't see anything. It was just black. Yeah, you just see Jen. It's funny because when people, like some people, I I think people that haven't grown up with movies like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, and you try to show them now when they're like older, they just don't get it. And one of the scenes I always show them because it's my favourite scene is the scene where uh, Skektek has got the podling. And he puts him in the chair, and like people, people just look at you and say, "What? What am I watching? What? What? What is this? What's the context to this?" And like they just, they just—I've never seen. I don't think I've. I, you see somebody watch a film and have the same reaction. Yeah, because I, I don't know whether it's sort of because we associate like you know with puppets are sort of they're the, the good guys, you know they're good. So to see sort of these creatures, you know, in this sort of, you know world with no humans or anything you know seeing them doing bad things i think it's just kind of like a bit of a shock i mean that, especially like the trial by stone the trial by stone scene yeah, where brilliant. um when the you know when the chamberlain loses and he gets all his cr- clothes uh, ripped, ripped off, off and it's like yeah <laughs> if that had been done with people that'd be so harrowing but because because it's like because it's a puppet and you don't really know what you're looking at i think it's like it's just like Jesus, what? What, yeah, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think also what's really clever as well is like um, because I I just a bit of background on myself. I I collect autographs, so autographs is my big thing, and uh, I've got um, I've just recently printed some photos off that I'm going to send off to some of the cast from the original, like uh, Michael uh, Michael Kilgariff, who did the voice of Skekong. Um, but I've actually met him before, but I didn't realise he was the, because he was in Doctor Who, um, and I'm a Doctor Who fan as well, and I didn't realise he was the voice, and I've never met him since, and it kills me to this day. That, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and, uh, I got this, I got this, went into the Photoshop to get these photos printed off, and this woman's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And she's like, what is it? And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a puppet. And she's like, a puppet? I'm like... I think people think when you say puppet, they think of Kermit the Frog. They think like just like a hand puppet, like really the Muppets, really simple. Yeah, and very traditional. Things, yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that dark. That's why I think Dark Crystal has aged so well because when they built the puppets, there's so much detail, so much detail. I mean, like like parts of them are like moving. Like when, like you said, when you, when there's trial by stone, like some of Skekong's like feathers and these plates like lift up before he strikes the stone 
And it's it's little things like that that even now, as somebody who's a fan, I I'm noticing new things every time yeah. I watch it. And 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 yeah, me too. Like especially with watching the film. Um, I mean, I recently you know got the ultra HD copy of the film. Oh, is it just good? the detail. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, which is definitely like you know worth getting just just for all the details. And I mean, especially you know for myself and Jamie, where you know we've been doing this podcast called the Dark Crystal Minute, which is another show where in each minute or in each episode of the show we chat about um, you know, each minute of the Dark Crystal, and um, just you know watching it each minute and seeing all these new details that we just never sort of thought about. Um, yeah. And so well, it's always been fun to sort of One thing that I things. literally only noticed um, recently um, was, you know, the scene when um, uh, Jen's master has died and they have, mm. they're all in a circle and the, the mystics and they, each one holds a stone and they, um, yeah. they, they, they send his gifts off. As as yeah. their arms come down, their fingertips touch to create the so they're all connected in a in a yeah. in, the, in the ring. And I just I'd never ever noticed that before. And it's just things like that where I'm just like I I can still enjoy this movie so many years later because it's those little things that I just haven't noticed. Like it's just it's literally just as just as their just as his items disappear. They're, they're, you know, they've got they've got four arms, haven't they? But they've actually got yeah. The, oh, the two yeah, back, yeah, they're the touching. Yeah, the, tuck, the, the two back arms, their fingertips touch, and it creates that unification. Which obviously, from Brian's original concepts, is all about everything's connected, even though they're dark and light, they are one and the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just. Yeah, I'm really just, yeah, I mean, that's the first time I've actually noticed that. Oh, uh, it's amazing, is, uh, isn't it? So cool. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. And you, think about, and you think about how they would have done that, the amount of people to just make that one thing happen. You know, there's people on pulleys, know, there's like yeah. the guy in the suit. Yeah. It's just incredible. It is, it is. And just the hours and hours, you know, not only, you know, with, you know, rehearsals and just really trying to get, you know, the performances, you know, to get it where it needs to be. It's, it's yeah. It's just incredible, and um... yeah, and also, also another thing as well is I totally didn't realise that the narrator is the Erskak at the end of the movie. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. yeah. I that... don't know why I just didn't connect the dots, and then when I was I was sat watching, you know, when the credits roll, because usually I just switch the credits off, but because the credits were rolling, and then I saw it said narrator, and I was like. Oh my god, this is amazing! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also played the the Erskic, yeah, I know that, that that's so cool. Um, and yeah, there's this yeah, there's a lot to you know with the Dark Crystal. There's always something, something to discover, and um, yeah, uh, it's it's such a such a great film. It still holds up. Yeah, like you know, thirty five years later, which is um, which is incredible. And I guess like I mean, you know we you know i guess the the big reason that you you know you're on this show is because you went to um a an event that occurred uh, about a, a couple of weeks ago um which uh was through i think karen k who um That's correct, yeah. uh and and with her i know uh i know for me i know she's uh you know very associated with the fairies aspect i know there's a the magazine that she does or manages that sort of thing but also yeah, does yeah. these sort of special sort of fairy um, events which um, which the frowns are sort of uh, been you know they're always been a sort of closely affiliated 
you know, with that, um, you know, with Froud's work, you know, ha- has done a lot of that um, fairies illustration. So there was this uh, special event where um, uh, Brian and Wendy and Toby Froud were all there and yeah, you, you got Toby to attend it. And yeah, I just, I just love to hear your story about um, just that day of, you know, seeing them and just what the experiences were, was like for you. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, just to give a little background, I don't know if, to, to people listening like if you go to Glastonbury Glastonbury is not far from where Brian Froud when he did all his concept designs for the Dark Crystal he where he he actually lived so he he was based near the Moors which is about half an hour away so when you drive when you go to Glastonbury like it feels like you're in the Dark Crystal it's such a surreal experience so there's like it's quite a hilly environment and there's like a random stone like there's one of their one of their one of their roundabouts is like a hill, and then there's just this stone, like a totem almost, just in the middle. Of, and it's 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 like straight out of his designs. And um, so this this event was in a, a little town hall in Glastonbury. Um, there was quite a few people there actually. It was, it's because this is actually the second time I've met been to this event. Uh, last time I went was about six years ago, but they were it was just Wendy and Brian. It wasn't Toby. And uh, it was quite busy, it was, but there wasn't actually that many people around the frowns. So I thought, oh, brilliant. I've got loads of stuff that I want to get signed. I want to talk to them, etc. And I I got to talk to them for about about 35 minutes. Oh, wow. And yeah. uh, and they, if anybody, people who've met them, they, they are honestly the nicest people like you could never meet they're so it's the, the best way i can describe it it's like talking to another fan so it's like me talking to you today like they're so relaxed they're as passionate about it as you are yeah and uh and that is so cool yeah i especially heard like I, I will have an episode coming up um that leslo um he talked about his experiences of yeah meeting the frouds um i think he um i think he actually um sort of i i he actually sort of got invited to come see them in, in, yeah, in, um, in Moors. Uh, oh, nice. Cool. In Devon. Um, years and this is like back, you know, in the nineties, you know, probably, you know, before the internet sort of really yeah, um, yeah, cool. happened. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, uh, and he, yeah, he had a great time sort of, yeah, you know, the experience of, you know, meeting them. Um, and yeah, sort of that very sort of laid back, you know, very nice sort of, yeah, yeah, and I, think, and I think yeah. I think the cool thing is as well is like you know I was I because they're such an intricate part of Dark Crystal, like I was I was properly like trying not to like fanboy out, and they're just like oh yeah it's cool we get you know we understand it don't worry you know just you know we'll, and I said you know I've got loads of questions just yeah don't worry yeah what what, what do you want to know and all this lot, and um, the cool thing is as well I didn't realise at the time. But the lady that was with Toby as well is obviously his wife. I think her name's Sarah. I think I think I can't remember. Yes, I think you're right. But yes, she, Sarah. she yeah. worked on lessons learned with him as well. So um, so that little short that Toby did, um, his his uh, Wendy and uh, Toby sat down together and, and wrote the story for that. Um, so his wife was there as well. So it was it, it was a pretty cool experience. Um, but yeah, so um, do you want to just dive into some of the some of the info that I I got on 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 the new series? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of fans would 
uh, love to know about, you know, sort of <laughs> what, what things have been happening with them, um, with age resistance and, and what sort of, um, um, what the sort of role has been, um, yeah, with, with, with the show. Okay. So some, so some of the information I've got, so <clears throat> let's start with the basics. So Wendy Froud is only on a consultancy basis. So I'm, I'm assuming that she must be uh, obviously consulting on how Gelflings look, how they worked, how they built them. Um, and, and Brian and Toby are on conceptual design. It seemed very much from, from the conversations I was having that Toby is very much at the forefront of this. And I think, and I think he, he's acting almost like the in-between guy between Wendy and Brian and the Henson company. Because a lot of the, a lot of the a lot of the questions I asked came the answers came from Toby. So I don't know if he's like I don't know if he's like trying to filter it <laughs> without you know yeah. what I mean? Like trying to like, yeah. make sure that nothing like Major Lee comes out, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, this is a Dark Crystal podcast, so Yeah, you I know mean, what I mean. Like like, like like and, and it's a small show, so I like for me I would probably um have um you know, I'd be curious like how big like any of these sort of news sort of comes out from from the media with this with all these dark crystal stuff we're talking about. Oh, yeah, but I know, like I mean, we'll just see what happens, you know. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, the um okay, so um I asked uh I actually asked Brian how easy was it for him to go back to the mindset that he had all those years ago, and uh, he said it's really easy. Like he he fell straight back into it because. He said a lot of Dark Crystal is from his personality and imagination because Jim let him like basically just run with the idea because Jim came to him with this story and said, right, you know, I, we want, just, I, I like your art. I, I want to know what you can do. He said it was really easy to return to that frame of mind because it is so personal to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I just like, uh, yeah, like sort of Brian Froud really had free reign of, you know, with coming up with the designs. Yeah. When he was working on the Dark Crystal, because I mean, back then they didn't really had a story. They sort of had a sort of a gist of what they were going yeah, for. Yeah, like, you know, wasn't it like, it's, it's got didn't, a, yeah. didn't, didn't Jim read a, um, a kid's book about a crocodile in a palace? And it came yes, it was. It was like a, a child's yeah. story or something. Yes, yeah, and I think yeah, and that was. Um, I was just trying to think whether that was Froud's um, drawings or not. Um, I think it was. Um, I I, th- I think what happened was bro- Jim read read a, a child's book about cro- crocodiles in a castle, and then he saw one of Brian Froud's drawings, which was like a, which looks very much like a mystic, but it was classed as a wizard in wizard in the wilderness, and it was like a fountain with a little boy and this like four-armed wizard and then he's that's when he made the connection and went that's the look i want yeah i was just having a look on darkcrystal.com because they have a cool like sort of making of um little section and it says 1976 jim henson sees an image of brian froud's art that appeared on on the cover of a book of british illustrators called once upon a time henson has someone from his office meet froud about a possible collaboration um and yeah sort of you know and it wasn't really till i think 77 that the deal was made with brian froud to work on the film um so yeah such a 
Yeah. Such a long time. Well, yeah, also since, back uh, then, you know, there's no like, there's no yeah. like internet or anything, is there? Oh, no, no. There's no, no internet. Just there. flying. So, if Jim, I think, yeah, I think Jim, Jim used to fly out to him and see some of his stuff and then he'd work on something and then he'd, he'd go back because I think he was still doing Muppets at that time. Yeah, because I mean, the Muppet Show was filming in in uh, London. I can't remember exactly where, but I know it was definitely in you know UK. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I know, like, he would always be flying back and forth between you know doing the Muppet Show and then going back to uh, I think New York or LA or you know just going back and forth um, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, and I mean, um, but no, it was it was great to see to to hear how yeah, like Brian, he sort of. Um, yeah, fell back into it pretty much straight away, and you know, mm. sort of, of recapture that spirit. Um, yeah, Brian told this really cool story about how um, Brian and Toby would uh, would come up with an idea for something, and they Brian would, Brian would draw something down like freehand, and then they and then they collaborate together and 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 start to build this creature up. And uh, you, you, it's quite cool because you've got this sense of they're quite competitive with each other. So Brian, Brian had changed something and he'd, he'd, he'd spend all day like changing some of the design and ha- some of the mechanics. And then Toby had come in on it the next day and go, oh, I don't like that and change it up and, <laughs> and completely change the look of it, which is quite a cool like, little insight into the like, um, design process. Yeah, because I mean, the, the sort of the feeling I've been getting, like you know, with you know, with Brian, Wendy, and Toby, that it's sort of it's almost it does feel like that it's sort of you know that Brian and Wendy they're sort of um, you know passing the torch to Toby. Yeah, um, definitely. With, you know, with definitely with the dark with this new show that's happening, and you know, potentially the future um, with the franchise. Just you know, what what comes of it? I um, think I think that's very yeah. I think that's very much what's happening. I think it's and um, interestingly enough, Toby's son is the same age that he was when he did Labyrinth. So, or oh, sorry, yeah. no, or he's a little uh, bit older than that. Sorry, he's, he's, he's roughly yeah. a bit older than that. But it's 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 really much like how mum and dad are passing it to Toby, and then Toby really wants to then pass that on to his children. You know what I mean? It's it it's it's so lovely to see because you you see that knowledge and that that passion move from one generation to the next yeah and i mean it was cool that you know especially i mean before with the dark crystal um age of resistance um that you know brian froud was actually involved in some of these um these stories with the dark crystal um especially with the dark crystal uh, creation myths um which i know he actually sort of came up with sort of designs and um and it sort of came up with you know with, with, with the character um you know especially with that new with the new character ronip um, who's sort of like, you know, Olga's sort of son, but not, you know, that he came from another place, another time or whatnot. And um, yeah, and I, I know, and I, I know there's been, I, sorry, go on. go on. I was just saying, you know, I know that that was sort of one of those sort of little, you know, a little bit of a backlash, I guess, with, with Ronip, just because, I mean, you know, there was a character that sort of, you know, who he was in the films um but i mean for me i was always you know i didn't mind the character i was so fascinated with um with ron ip um, um in creation myths but i know you sort of um asked him something a little bit about with um creation myths yeah and i, I think it's really important that this is a really important point that brian was actually quite sad that there was a bit of a backlash from around it because he felt like he had gone back to that place to to create that character 
But I think I think the thing I think the thing that fans didn't like is as long as the tone is right, then I don't think people have a problem with with new characters coming in character because obviously with this I think with the, with the prequel we're going to have so much there's going to be so much place to go where they can create new characters as well as as well as old ones as well as as well as classics and I think it's really important that fans sort of as long as long as the content's good I don't think fans will have a problem with it and I think that's the problem that people have had in the past where maybe it doesn't necessarily feel right so fans don't warm to it and that's something that they are very aware of that i i, I will, especially with um i i actually specifically asked how are they going to get the tone of the show right because i know a lot of fans didn't like jm lee's novels because they felt it was a bit too light-hearted and a little bit too it wasn't didn't feel dark crystal and Toby came out and said that at its core, the new series will be Dark Crystal. In some places, it might even be darker. Now, I don't know how you get more dark than sucking the life out of a podling, but, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah. that, it, that was something I was really interested in. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, and then yeah. he dropped the bombshell that J.M. Lee is no longer on the project. Oh, OK. So Cause, he, yeah, because I know he started yeah. on it. And yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't know if it was maybe because of that, because it, a lot of fans felt like it was too light-hearted and that it's maybe too, too much directed at children. I don't know, mm. but he is no longer on the project, and in replace of that, they've now got a group of writers writing for the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think like I, I kind of have a feeling like with J.M. Lee that I think. I mean, he was probably there at the beginning just to sort of, um, I think probably, I guess it was probably more for the, for the canon because of this show that takes place sometime after, um, his, uh, you know, uh, three or four books, uh, that he's been doing. And I guess making sure, I guess, you know, there's, you know, there's no contradictions or, you know, that it's sort of all lines. Yeah. Getting it um, all set up. So yeah. So I feel like that, that might've been, you know, he, why he was on it from the beginning is just sort of, you know, just, just to Straighten know the things con- up you know, a little bit. For- yeah, yeah, yeah. To, just to get all, to get all let their them- eggs in, get all their eggs in order, as they call it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, no, that was um, yeah, very. But also, the the cool um, thing is yeah. as well is that they said that the the stories for the new show will come from literature that's already been released. So he quite he said things like World of the Dark Crystal, creation myths, and I think. Um, that's really cool because I think for a lot of people, I don't want to say dark crystal purists, but like people who watch the film, I think, I think people who watch the film and have read world of the dark crystal, they, them, them and, and creation myths because Brian Froud was included in that. It feels very much the same thing. So you feel like the same, the same, um, lessons are being taught if you know what i mean like it's the same content it feels like it comes from the same place whereas jm lee's stuff felt too much like it was like a kid's adaptation if that makes sense 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, that was probably the thing, I mean, with his um, books, you know, the sort of, you know, sort of aim of that young adult, um, so that child, you know, that, yeah, I mean, you know, wasn't, you know, getting in that really, that really dark, dark, cat, you know, part of the yeah. story. I mean, and I mean, I guess that's the thing because, you know, with his story so far, it's more, you know, he's, um, that these Gelflings have sort of discovered something and um, they're trying to, you know, let the Gelflings know about it. Um, and, um, yeah, well, I think that's, you know, that might be a thing where with his story, you know, I guess that some, you know, find it probably a bit um, lighthearted, yeah, you know, not, not, not dark-hearted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. Because, I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, when you read, Jay, I, when I read those uh, novels, I felt very much like, you know, in the Dark Crystal, the Skeksis have abused the planet. Like, they have totally, like, to a point where you feel like there is no way this can come back. You know, they, they've sucked the life force out of the world. Um, they've, they've wiped out an entire uh, race of people. And you can't, it doesn't, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it sits in the same place. Yeah, I totally, yeah, yeah I understand where you, yeah. Um, you're coming from, but yeah, I mean that that is you know cool to know about. Because I sorry, I was just trying to think because I know Cheryl Hansen even mentioned about that the show might be actually a bit darker than you know than the film itself. Um, I think some like video. Um, oh, it was like a Facebook Live video with um uh, the Cassina Gaines. I think he posted. Uh, it was like just a Q and A sort of chat with. Uh, Cheryl Henson and Cassine Gaines and oh, I think okay. she just briefly me- yeah just briefly mentioned about that yeah it, it you know it, it's could be yeah the possibilities yeah of it you know being actually kind of bit a little bit more dark than yeah because I mean like when you see read, in the Dark like, Crystal when yeah you read World of the Dark Crystal they talk about how they they laid like um like cable into the into the world to draw the life from the planet how they how they, you know, like Skektek experimented with how to draw essence out of, out of a creature. But not only that, I think the thing that I really love about the fact that this is going to be a prequel is that I, as a fan, I want to see the part where the Skeksis aren't necessarily all evil. So once, once the, it'll be interesting to see at what point we come in on because I think in the world of the Dark Crystal, it explains how after the division, mystics aren't necessarily all good and skeptics aren't all bad. It's only because of the thousand years of division that they've they've gone to those polar opposites. And that at the beginning, they're actually more, you know, it says things like how the skeptics used to have parties with like the Gelfling and the Podlings. And then it was actually as time starts to uh, starts to get on and the prophecy comes into play that things start to take a turn for the worst. And, and I mean, that that is kind of cool, um, you know, that, that the stories, you know, that they're going to come from, you know, that's already sort of been established, like with creation myths, um, especially with World of the Dark Crystal, I think that was sort of a, a bit of a surprise because I know, you know, there's been a lot of, t- that's been a bit of a discussion on the um, dream fasting, the Dark Crystal experience, um, that Facebook group and, uh, you know, about the canon and the canonicity of um, the world of the Dark uh, Crystal, where that's sort of been deemed as sort of non-canon. But, mm. I mean, it's cool that they're, they're at least going to, you know, uh, yeah, potentially just it. take some pieces. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm using it, I guess, at least as a reference point um, with the world of the Dark Crystal, which which is which is cool. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 and just and yeah, just um, you know, just you know, having the show, you know, potentially be you know really dark and. And that was a great thing with the show, uh, with this show, is that you know we we're going to get these new characters, and you know especially with the Gelflings, because I mean in the Dark Crystal we got with yeah, Jen and Kira. Yeah, I mean we got a two. little snip, we got little bits of you know like I think Kira's mother, mother in the um, the dream fasting sequence, but that that's that was really it. Yeah. Um. So it's been cool to it'd be really interesting to see how they um pull off with the Gelflings and what the Gelflings are gonna um look like. Um, yeah, like I think that'll be yeah. that'll be a really interesting thing to see, like how culturally they're different. Because, like the only two races that you really get to see are the, mainly the Skeksis and the Mystics, but they're not from Thra. So their their ideas and their culture has come from out from somewhere out from another planet. So to have the girl, it'd be nice to see how they. I'd like to personally, I'd like to see the Gelflings much like how Brian and Wendy are, very much like one with the earth if you know what i mean a little mm, yeah. bit a little bit maybe a little bit hippie-ish you know like everything's yes, like yeah. made from natural resources um you know they make their own like um like thread and stuff like that i think that'd be really cool and have them have them feel different have them feel different from the rest yeah and i mean that's a cool thing i mean with sort of the canon that they've sort of established that there's these seven different uh gelfling clans for the show so Mm, yeah. Um, so there's going to be a lot of different, you know, yeah, different characters, you know, with these clans. It's it's kind of cool to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, how how they turn out. So, I mean, for me, that's probably I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um just to just to go back to um to go back to the frouds. Um, one of the interesting things that I found was that Brian, Wendy, and Toby didn't actually have to be part of the project. Um, but they but they wanted to they felt like they wanted to be a part of it because it's like so, it's been such a big part of their lives yeah um and it was quite interesting to hear how they they when they got brought in that they've had maybe a few i don't want to say battles but discussions about keeping it with puppets i think mm-hmm. because yeah. because there's so much emphasis on uh cgi to 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 go that way and i think they i think i I think what was testament to this being made was without a shadow of a doubt the fact that toby's lessons learned was such a success like he he explained how you know they had to go to kickstarter for funding and they got like something like fifty five thousand pounds within the space of like four weeks um, and because that did so well, and it showed that there was this market, it's this marketplace that the Henson Company has almost pulled back from. And it was a lessons learned, ironically, in the title was almost like a like like them saying to Jim Henson Company, "Listen, right, this this is what you this is what you, J- Jim started, and this is what he he absolutely built his company from. It, you need to go back to this." And um, and and um, it ended up, ironically, uh, lessons learned ended up being his CV for for yeah, this for new show, show yeah. because he showed uh, yeah. that not only has he got the skills 
to build and and puppeteer all this stuff that it's absolutely in absolutely in keeping with what's already been made yeah yeah totally yeah and i i really enjoyed um his short film as well lessons learned when i watched it um oh, must have been almost a couple of years ago but yeah it was just um yeah yeah, yeah i and really it came, enjoyed again, it came and, out um, nowhere came out nowhere it it, it it really did yeah yeah and i'm just thinking about it, i'm like i'm, I'm actually be i, I kind of wouldn't mind re you know re-watching it um that the the short film um again yeah yeah so, definitely well they, yeah. they actually they actually, <laughs> yeah. they actually showed the, the the little lessons learned at the event which was really nice oh, okay yeah because it was it was great to have a like a refresher um and it was great to see like you just like just sit watching wendy and, and brian like watching what toby had made and you can see their love in their eyes they're really they're so you can just tell they're proud of him and the fact that he's carrying he's he's taking that torch which is really cool yeah absolutely yeah and um and i mean yeah and i guess like you know from for you know been hearing with age resistance that i mean the shooting has been going um has it been going well like based on you know uh with with brian and wendy and toby like how how the shooting has been going yeah so i think what's important what's really interesting i i i actually said oh you know you just started filming because they Jim Henson company announced this like two weeks ago, was it that they just started filming? And what actual fact is they've actually filmed quite a lot already, which is really, oh, okay, really yeah. good, which is really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. And uh, yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> I jokingly asked about how, Oh, you know, with new, new technology, how mm. has that helped you in any way? You know, like in the old days, they used to have like, you know, about 10 people per puppet. And Toby yes, just yeah. Toby just laughed and said, "Oh well, nothing's changed then." Uh, so <laughs> it's really good to, to hear yeah. that they are, re- you know, the Skeksis are, by the sounds of it, going to be the same sort of size that they were. Yeah, and so sort of, yeah, staying true to what, um, yeah, what they were sort of yeah back in the the late well the early eighties when they were uh, filming. Um, filming the, the the dark crystal i mean you know so sort of the technology is some you know like re- i mean remote control for example is you know is uh yeah, from leaps and so bounds. probably so much yeah yeah so much better you know now compared to back then but um it's nice to see nice to hear about that you know it's sort of a little bit of you know still have that bit of old school um <laughs> to it yeah so, definitely and yeah, i think that's um, great. yeah you said one of the hardest parts of 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 doing the series is because there was so much detail in every model. I mean, you look at every like if you just just pick Skeksis for example. If you put each individual Skeksis, the amount of detail that went into each individual, each one looks completely different. And they said that has been one of the hardest things is is recreating that level of detail to the point that when you look at that character, that you are reminded that that is that character and it's not an imitation. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, for, and, um, like for example, yeah. like Skek Tech, for example, he's got like a what looks like the the carcass of a dead animal hanging off him. Like it's like it's yeah. like a skeleton <laughs> with wings. Like how do you even yeah. how do you even go to that level of deep to recreate <laughs> that? Like the amount yeah, of the amount of crazy. referencing they must be doing, like still by still, to make sure that he looks as good as he does. Yeah, and um. And, and I guess, you know, I mean, like with, with the shooting that it seems to be going well, that they're sort of, you know, 
pretty far ahead with um with the shooting which is awesome because uh, i know they sort of going to wrap up i think in august i think was when they're going to wrap up filming the show yeah um and i think um and, and like what's it been like i mean with like yeah with you know with the whole team of um with the age of resistance was there something that brian or wendy or toby sort of mentioned about you know sort of the crew uh with the show yeah so these the, the great thing is you said that the 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 team or they said the entire team are just fans so there's it's they said it's such a great environment to be in because it, everything's being made with so much passion because they want to get this right um they said some of some of it's been quite difficult though because um obviously they've got one director directing the whole thing much like a film rather than having a different director each each uh, episode which i actually think is quite clever because it means that like going back to what we said about tonally it means that you'll have the same feel through the whole series whereas if you watch something like a marvel tv series when you have different directors they want different things so they might make it more comedic they may make it more dark they may make it more gritty it might be um like a more romantic whereas if you've got one director who's on board and knows what you want you know that that is going to be the same all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that is kind of cool about yeah having, you know, yeah, we, you know, we, especially with TV shows, when you have the one director just directing all the episodes, um, it, that is a very rare uh, thing to happen. I mean, probably the last thing. I mean, I mean, um, especially like I mean, with the show uh, Twin Peaks, um, that David Lynch he he directed every episode of the show. And uh, I mean, you know, the, I know it was a show that, you know, that season people love or hate it. Um, but I think, you know, it was just a brilliant, it was brilliant that he um, uh, was able to, to direct, you know, every episode and, and wrote every episode um, or co-wrote the, the series um, with Mark Frost. And, um, but yeah, that, that's sort of the thing that, yeah, that's kind of cool about, um, yeah, Louis that, you know, he's really, you know, um, you know, a big part of yeah on board of it and a big part of the show so yeah that, that is and the, uh, fantastic and the interesting interestingly enough they said that one of the hardest things that they've that they've had to try and do is try to when he when he wants a certain shot or he says i want that to move that puppet to move from left to right is very much that they necessarily can't do that in one take so They've had to, that is one of the biggest difficulties is trying to explain to them that they can't necessarily do everything he asks or not ne- not necessarily that they can't do it but they have to do it in a different way. So puppets yeah, are it's not like a person who can just move. But when you've got ten people working on one puppet, you've got to get all those people to move and and still give a performance. I think that's one of the, the one of the difficulties that they've that they've found. Yeah. Uh, absolutely yeah so i mean that's gonna be really interesting i mean i i hope there will actually be you know like a one long take um you know from from the show just to see you know what they were able to do that um, would be pretty cool yeah it? yeah it would be cool yeah yeah <laughs> but, but i don't think you can expect anything like the uh no. the long take from like daredevil for example <laughs> no i know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where it lasts Not for like 10 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and um and and, and so i mean because when, when when we chatted i think on facebook a while ago um one sort of the big there was like i was actually a bit of a surprise um with with the trailer that we actually got uh back in may uh last year i wanted to know yeah just what 
you know, go in detail about um, with that the first sort of teaser trailer for the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yeah, so the so obviously the trailer can for anybody who hasn't seen it is uh, is consisted of old footage of Jim Henson giving an interview, which has appeared on many DVD releases, and has been and has also been intertwined with what looks like new footage. And when when asked about that, uh, Toby actually said that the the footage that you see is actually the pitch for the show. Now, whether or not that's the pitch, I would assume that would have been Jim Henson Company to Netflix, but or 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 to who or to um, investors, and then who obviously they're the chosen who anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's actually from the pitch. So that is a very very basic model. So a lot, I think a lot of people, as soon as it came out, were like. Oh my god! It doesn't even look like him. You know, that is a very basic model. It's, it is it is purely to show this is what we are able to, we are capable of doing, and and clearly paid off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was such an interesting yeah to know that that trailer was sort of yeah was actually you know was a, a, a pitch video, and and I think you know once they sort of crossed the T's and the I's and they sort of green light the project, and they're like oh we need a video or something. I was like, oh, just use that pitch video. So um, I find that, I, I found that pretty funny actually to sort of, you know, think about those kind of stories. Yeah. Um, and and, yeah, and yeah. for those who were thinking that, that, that is Skek Tech. So for anybody who thought, wasn't sure who that, it was definitely Skek Tech. And um, going forward for the new show, they have totally rebuilt him. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Be, so completely be, different. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so from what, Obviously, from what we were saying earlier, that was a very they'd have had to the amount of hours they must have gone into to making sure he looks right is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Oh, that that is cool. So um yeah, and I, I think yeah, it's just it's just so exciting to see um you know what uh and and sort of I think because there was sort of what what was sort of um you know to recreate the dark crystal. Um, that I guess there must have been sort of challenges, you know, for for them to sort of, you know, to recreate with um with the dark crystal. Yes, yes. The um to get to get yeah to get I mean to get the detailing right. I mean it's, it's just it's incredible the amount of uh, you can understand why they've gone for a ten part series as well because I mean how do you how do you tell a new story with only an hour and a half like. I just, I just don't think it's possible nowadays. I, I, I think you know when you see what HBO's done with Game of Thrones. I mean, it's just, it just seems like if you invest the money and you do it right, you can really pull something off great in television now. Like some, in some ways, television has now, in terms of storytelling, te- television has surpassed um, movies. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah, just with the. Um because when you get so many episodes and you, I think we, we get to invest more, uh, with the characters, I, I guess, you know, from the TV shows compared to films where we only got, you know, an hour and a half, maybe two hours um, yeah. with these uh, characters. And, um, I mean, I mean, the, probably the only, <laughs> the only thing that sort of hasn't been like that is probably with the Marvel films where all you know, the Marvel cinematic universes, so many movies and they're actually all connected. Yeah, yeah, and they're all, but all you know, in all these movies, they're all connected into this one big story. It's um, um, which is in, you know incredible and just um, 
Yeah, it's so, just so. so and, and that's so the French a, yeah, go ahead. again, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, they really have, and I think you know, with Infinity War coming out, um, that's going to be something. So it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it for sure. Somebody, but I mean, yeah, go just, yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh no, I was just saying, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, with TV that, um, it's just getting to a point where TV is superior, almost a superior format in a way. Um, when you have shows like The Dark Crystal and, um, you know, just the, the amount of work, you know, with Netflix have been doing with their original uh, TV series and, and I guess HBO as well um, with Game of Thrones. Like, um, yeah, it's just, you know, just, just an incredible time, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that they did say was that, you know, if this series does do well, then then there is room for more, which I think is really, really good. Like, I, I'm, I'm every dark crystal fan in the world will be like crossing their fingers to hope that it's good because it's sort of like it, it's like that it's such a weird fandom because you've literally got one movie like I, I know I know I know there's labyrinth as well and I love labyrinth as equally in its own way but it's it's a completely different film whereas you like dark crystal fans you've got one movie and like not a lot of anything else so the fact that they even came out and went, oh, we're doing a TV series, it was just like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like to make that decision is just incredible. Yeah, and and I think like I mean I, I can definitely uh, see the potential, you know, for them to potentially do more, you know, seasons or series, you know, with the Dark Crystal because I mean, like they're, they're sort of building the world already. So it's like they got the Mystics and the Skeksis and the Galflings um, that there is sort of that option that if they did do a season two or whatnot, that they can bring those characters back and, you know, that they've, they've got them. Oh, all, yeah. You know, Absolutely. And, yeah. And, they can, and, totally. they, and then production and production would, act, you know, they can start shooting like, um, you know, really, you know, a lot well, sooner. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and it'd be and, cheaper and whatnot, as well. So, yeah. Cheaper because oh, you've totally, got the yeah. models. I mean, who doesn't want to go to a museum where all those models are in there? I mean, I live in, I live in the UK and, and, and when I've seen loads of people on the group put in, images from the um from the uh, the uh, exhibition that they've done with the dark crystal and labyrinth it, it breaks my heart because that that unless you can fly out there like you, it, the chances of it coming to the uk are very slim and uh i think yeah, you're talking I, about the, the the center of puppetry um, yeah I think yeah, that's in yeah atlanta in the us right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know there has been talk about um them doing a uh, dark crystal like exhibition. I think uh, later on this year. Um, so I know, that it, and for, you know, for me, you know, being from Australia, it's just like oh, you know, I really want to fly there and <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I'm going to try. It sort of depends for me. I mean, it just depends on my budget really at the moment. Yeah, um, of course. But also, I mean, and so it's sort of a wait and see. But I mean, I. It, but it is awesome that they have these exhibitions and I mean, much like when the first film came out, um, I know they did a lot of tours, um, showing off all, yeah, they did, all they did, those they things. Did, was, yeah. And Jim yeah. Henson went with it. If I remember rightly, they did like a traveling exhibition. I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, you wouldn't even like, you wouldn't even consider doing that in a modern movie. No. Like, Oh no, no. I mean like the fact that he went all over the globe with these, with these massive puppets. I mean, it's just, just mental, absolutely mental. I was going to say, so one of the, um, I just remembered, one of the questions that someone shouted out at the back of the audience <laughs> said, uh, <laughs> is there going to be any new Skeksis? 
and uh, yeah. and <laughs> as blatant as that, and one of the and one of the answers from Toby was maybe. <laughs> yeah maybe I, I, yeah. I, I begged him for one spoiler and he wouldn't he wouldn't <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah no it's all very secretive with with the show um that's been sort of happening and i think there was sort of one last thing i mean i mean the big thing i i just want to know is when the show's um going to air you know whether it's going to be early early next year or, or you know later next year yeah i don't know so, has that been something that you sort of um, heard about yeah so even though even though most of the like you said by august they're looking i think this you said they're looking to wrap up uh principal photography um but they said the show's looking to come out at the back end of 2019 so you're probably looking at fourth quarter um i i would think that's mainly because of editing um but also they also said that one of the questions I asked was how how are you going to replicate the voice cast from the originals? Because you know people um, like, for example, the the Chamberlain is no longer with us. Um, I think it was um, I think the guy's name was Barry Denon. He's no longer he died a couple a few years ago. Um, and more importantly. Um, uh, Steve, I'm trying to think of his name now. The guy who plays Skepta, Steve Whitmire, that's it. Steve Whitmire recently got fired from Jim Henson Company. Now, they've been really secretive about that. And I, you know, I said, I, you know, I said, how are you going to, and they said that, how you, I said, how are you going to replicate this? Um, and they said that, you know, they're going to be looking for act, actors within the next week or so, a week or so to, the voice actors for the roles, um, and I think that I think that's as important as how the how they look because that you know the voices are, are so iconic. You know Michael Kilgriff as Skekung, um, Brian Mule as uh, who played Jen's master. Like I, I what, another thing that I remember as a kid is is that scene where um, Jen and his master are talking, and uh, it it. It's, I hope I just hope they can get that right. That is that is a real challenge. I think they understand that they've got. So I think maybe they, maybe that's why it's maybe that's why it's not coming out to the end of next year. Maybe they want enough time so they can go through the whole casting process and make sure that the because you know there's a lot of pressure on these guys. A lot of pressure. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the thing is like with voice actors, like um, there is a lot, a lot of talent out there, um. You know, especially these days, you know, I mean, with so many animation, you know, with, you know, voice actors, you know, most of their backgrounds always with, with anim, you know, with animation and video games and, um, you know, that, I mean, especially video games, they didn't have voice actors, you know, during, you know, during the seventies and, and yeah, yeah, early eighties. So, um, there is definitely a lot of talent out there and, and I'm, yeah, I mean, I really hope that, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll find, um, the right people for the role, especially, I mean, you know, with, with Olga, I mean, that's another example with, uh, Billy Whitelaw, who's, um, who voiced Olga and is also no longer with us. So I think that, I think Olga, I think out of those characters is probably going to be the hardest, um, yeah, cause she's so, it's, hardest such, one, a, yeah. it's such a, um, She's so iconic in that in that mm. in that role. 
that that yes, voice yeah. is so unique. The same with Chamberlain. Like, who 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 doesn't know his little whimper? You know what I mean? Mm, so if yeah. it's if it's just a slight tone out, fans will pick up on that. And that, and I think they know that. And I think one of the things that I think I said at the beginning, you know, when I went in, went went into the um, went to the event, I was very skeptical. I was very skeptical because. You know, it's like talks of maybe a labyrinth movie coming back. You know, if how can you do it without Bowie? You know, and, and but coming out of this, it felt I felt totally at ease. I went in the critic and came out totally at ease. It feels so much like the Henson Company are listening to what the frauds have said. The frauds are are are, you know, they've not not taken the lead, but they're saying, right, oh, if you if you do this right, that will be the payoff. And I think fans and the fans and fans will react to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's just yeah, it's just so it's just so exciting. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully, I mean, especially later on this year, uh, I know there's going to be that Fairy Con 2018, which is happening in the US. I think in uh, November. So I wouldn't be surprised seems, if we get our first yeah. trailer at that. I, yeah, I think so too. Even yeah. if it's I, like, even if it's just even if it's just a series of images of them making the puppets, I I wouldn't be surprised if they start the the hype train from then on in. Yeah, I I feel like I mean, especially like you mentioned, if if, if the show's gonna come out later next year, it seems like that fairy con might be the starting point. Because um, I mean, I, I was thinking if it was gonna be an early next year, then maybe San Diego Comic Con this year might have been the first sort of. Oh, um, possibly. Yeah, time. yeah. I think it's too early. I think, yeah, I think it is, yeah. And I think Fairycon will be the first one, and then I think San Diego Comic-Con will be the very next step, um, the big step, um, you know, with promoting the show. And, um, yeah, it's it's, it's, just, it's just very exciting. And, um, yeah, and I guess, you know, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much uh, for, for being on the show and just, uh, you know, um, you know, telling you know myself and as well as the listeners some of these stories and little updates um that you've been hearing you know i oh, guess straight fine. from the source yeah thanks the right. I, yeah. Yeah, it's totally fine but part of the thing that is that i love about dark crystal is like once you find a dark crystal fan it's like you immediately make a connection i don't think there's any other fandom like it because because it is such a strange film if you find someone that likes it you just it, part of it is sharing it's all about sharing sharing that knowledge and that we can all we can all enjoy it together and uh, yeah just thanks for having me on really you've already taken too long delfling hurry at last the crystal calls it is time time to return to the castle the crystal calls to the crystal And that's all the time I have for this month's Trial by Stone. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. To find us on Facebook, you can do so at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. We're also on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. You can tweet at us at darkcrystalpod. The podcast is now on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast, you can check out some of the rewards that we'll have on offer for anyone that can pledge to the podcast. It'll be greatly appreciated. Also, if you get a chance to review the show 
whether on iTunes or Facebook, that'll be fantastic as well, as that'll boost the rankings. Thank you all so much, and come back next month for more Trial by Stone.